three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Not a body within 10 yards, walking down the sideline for Johnson, and he is old. in the pocket, throws it up over the top. Greer looking, 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 throws the ball, got a receiver, and the catch made on the near sideline, down the right side, 35-30, it'll be Callaway down the sideline, he's going to score, he's going to score, Well, what is up, college football fans, as we dive into week three, week two now, the week zero just really throws me off. What's up, Q, Smitty? What's up? I'm over What's the week on, zero. Yeah. I'm over the week zero. Can just we just call week it one, week, week one? Yeah. yeah. It's week one. There's there's no zero. It, it That's called preseason, but it counts on the record. So go to week one. It's a joke. Smitty's the educator. What's You don't start counting with zero, right? No. 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 It's just one. It, 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 is, it is confusing. And I'm going to – can I ask something? Those Florida highlights and in coming into the show, how old are those? I haven't uh, seen anything have like after We're going to have to so change it. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, we're, I was trying well, to get – let's get a smile on Q's face. It's Friday. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Hey, so, I think you actually witnessed one with me, so it was good memory between us. <laughs> recap last week. We're not going to talk about your bets because we didn't really have a great – uh, weekend but what were some of the biggest things that jumped out to you are you overreacting about anything that you just want to talk about I know Florida State pulls the slight upset I guess where they uh, short dog over LSU that was probably one that I thought Florida State was a better team going in uh, probably the bigger shock was how bad Clemson played against Duke but I'll give you guys the floor y'all talk about what what stood out to you? Same thing you just said. Uh, I think Florida State's a national title contender. I think they're legit. I think they're going to smoke Clemson. I don't, I don't think Clemson has a shot, personally. Um, I, I said it on uh, the last stream we just did earlier today with Jeff Dawson at Eco, East Coast Sports Investment. I was shocked by the lack of mental preparedness and, and just overall preparedness from uh, the coaching aspect as well as the player aspect from a lot of programs. I mean, look at the upsets. TCU gets, you know, upset as a 21-point favorite. Texas Tech goes into Wyoming up 17-0 and loses the game outright. Baylor loses outright to Texas State. Uh, LSU, you know, obviously the score wasn't indicative like you touched on earlier, Matt. It kind of got nasty late, but they didn't make second-half adjustments, so that's a coaching error. Uh, It just seemed like teams weren't prepared. And and I always stress this week one should be your best preparation and your best week because you have 21 days to figure that team out and to figure out what you're going to do for that week versus, you know, you're going from week one to week two and so forth. We only got five days with, you know, four days with an off day. I just, it it blew my mind that so many big time programs really struggled uh, just on the mental side of things. Yeah, I think Colorado is the big one for me. You know, I I gave out TCU. I played TCU. And that was one that you kind of was, you were coming into that game and you didn't know really what you were going to see. We didn't know the line. You know, we heard the offensive line, defensive line wasn't good for Colorado. You know, the defense didn't look great. TCU did move the ball. 
but the offense was just what was shocking. You know, the kid that played Hunter that played, you know, defense offense, uh, Horn Jr., the running back, Edwards catching the ball. I think it was like five receptions for over a hundred and something yards. Sanders, the coach's kid, just, I mean, he looked legit. And that was another thing. Could he take it from Jackson State into a bigger program and a bigger conference? And he did. So that one I was way off on. And TCU's defense looks like the TCU's defense that was in the national championship game. I think also takeaway with what Q said was Clemson. They're, you know, very disappointed with Clemson. Just nothing. What, what what changed? I didn't see anything that changed. They got a new offensive coordinator. You know, you you think you got the quarterback that is going to take the the team back to the promised land. DJ left. DJ looked fantastic in Oregon State. He actually had time to throw the ball, and he did push the ball down the field and ran the well. So I didn't think they used Shipley enough. I like the other running back, too. He had a big fumble at the goal line, but I thought they should have got Shipley in a little bit more. But I didn't see anything, a major change with uh, Clemson. And again, what, like you said, Florida state top notch, they have a quarterback that can really move, can throw on the run. They got the running back. They got the two wide, you know, two or three good wide receivers on that team. Defense looked fast, like the old Florida state back in the day when I was growing up a little bit. So that's some of the takeaways I had in um, week one, I guess. Well, let's talk about that Colorado game because it was, and, and we just talked about it on Jeff's show. It was one of those games where I think you could throw out the power ratings. Nobody knew what Deion Sanders has done with this Colorado team. He d- does a complete uh, year one rebuild, and Shador looked amazing. I, I know a lot of people are rushing to get a Heisman ticket on him and, uh, and Travis Hunter, but uh, both of them just played out of their minds. Do you think that's sustainable or do you think that was a uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit? TCU may not be that good versus uh, TCU is good and Colorado just played out of their minds. I think I think it's a couple points. One, I don't think TCU's is good. I think they weren't that great last year. They just had a really good quarterback, really good receiver, and, and some luck on their side. I mean, when we look at that championship game, Michigan slept, walked into that game, got beat, and then we saw what happened. I mean, they had no business being there. So that's one part of it. I do think that the uh, the Colorado team plays hard. I think they kind of like you alluded to, they have that dog in them. They don't have captains. They have dogs and lions as their their patches. And that, that's just the mentality right there. I mean, that's just junkyard, backyard football, and that's awesome. Um, obviously a great coach to put that mindset in those guys and really motivate them. I think that success extends at least into this week. But I do expect some regression. You don't have an 80-man flip of your roster and, and expect to just go win a national title or not have you know bumps in the road. I think they're living high, but I also think they're going to take advantage of a bad Nebraska this week. And then we'll start to see maybe as they go one of the road, the kind of the hype um, starts to dwindle per se or starts to uh, extend into other weeks. And then you know, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have guys that are tired. Mistakes are going to happen. Complacency. You know, you read the news clippings, things like that. They're, they're going to regress, but I don't think anybody thought that that was going to happen uh, the way it did. Um, at least us three didn't. So I, I think there's a combination to answer that question. Smitty. 
Yeah, I mean, this game, this game, I, I did get on this game, and I, I'll go into that a little bit later. I was going to pass on this Colorado-Nebraska game because everyone, again, is, this is where everyone wants to bet it because it's Colorado. What are you going to see? Could they have a letdown week? They could. Um, I'll tell you here in a few where I went with this game. But I think overall, how long can Hunter do this both ways, playing the defense, playing the offense? I mean, they're going to have, I mean, it's, it's college kids. And I always say this, these are 18, 19 year old kids. Sometimes they look great one week, then they come back and you're like, what happened here? But I I was impressed. The offense, I was very impressed. The speed looked good. The kid looks he like he's a talented quarterback. Q made a great point. The coach, Dion is a man, he's a used car salesman. He can sell it very good. And he's putting some, you know, some motivation out there and these guys are going to go with it. So this is a, a team that's going to be fun to watch throughout the season. I think like you're alluding to a lot of the public money, sharp money, who knows? It, 91% of the money at DraftKings, 92% of the bets going on Colorado minus three. I This game, the look ahead line was like what, Nebraska minus seven or minus 10 even uh, before the season started. I I had to update my power ratings. I do think Colorado is a three-point favorite, plus whatever you want to give them for home field advantage. I mean, even in Boulder, you know, a point, point and a half, I still like Colorado. And I've got a lot of square plays this weekend. That's probably going to bite me in the ass, but we'll see. Colorado looks way too good on both sides of the ball with Travis Hunter playing DB. Jeff Sims was a pick machine. Three interceptions in his game versus Minnesota. I think Travis Hunter is going to get him one, if not two, and just try to cement that Heisman uh, legitimacy race or Heisman race legitimacy for himself. Uh, And I think Shador is going to be able to move the ball against Nebraska. There was nothing I saw in the Nebraska-Minnesota game that would lead me to believe that Shador can't run around and, and make plays. So I'm heavy on Colorado. That was the first bet I made right out of the gate after that Duke Clemson game. And uh, go Buffs. Yeah, I'm going to echo everything you just said. Uh, I see it the same way. I mean, uh, Jeff asked us if that was Minnesota was that bad or Nebraska. I, I think Nebraska is just bad. I mean, he had so many – Jeff Sims had so many overthrows that obviously aren't statistically, you know, there for us to kind of look at. But if you watch the game, you're like, this guy's missing receivers by six, seven yards. They're not even close. They're not on the same page. Um I'm not saying Colorado's got a stout defense by any means, but this thing I could see being a track meet. Nebraska's a smaller team than they normally are. Colorado might be the fastest offense in college football uh, from maybe not necessarily a play-calling standpoint, but just the speed on the field with the athletes. You're not stopping Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders all game. I'm sorry if you're Nebraska. It's a home game. I I think that success from getting that upset on the road is now going to make Boulder a rock in place. When Ralphie the Buffalo comes running through that stadium, that place is going to explode like Cordell Stewart's, the, you know, running out of the tunnel. Uh, I know Boulder, you know, it, it used to be a powerhouse uh, for a few years. I think they're going to get back to that at least in week two hype-wise. It's sold out. People are going to want to be there. The town, the, the, the campus, everybody. It's going to be a hard place to play for Matt Rule uh, in this in this team of Nebraska. And, I think you're stealing money. I know it's very square. It's very public, but I don't know if they know how to cap this Nebraska, this Colorado team yet. And I think 
getting him at three, maybe two and a half, depending on where the line is in your book, you're stealing money. I just can't see this game even being a seven point. I, I think it's going to be a, a closer to a 10 to 14 personally. I, I just don't see Nebraska hanging around. All right. So I agree. The place is going to be crazy. <laughs> you know, you they, they sold out the spring game. Tickets are going for 300, 400. I mean, this is must-see TV, too. Sims does have to play better. I mean, he wasn't good. But here's the thing. They had Minnesota beat. They had Minnesota beat. Twice they had. I think they fumbled. They had the ball. They were past midfield. The guy fumbled. Then he. I mean, again, he can't turn the ball over three times. He can't throw three picks. He did have 19 carries, 91 yards. He was 11 out of 19, only 114. So he has to do a lot more. And hey, I don't. I'm not going against Colorado this week. What I am doing in this game, Q said it. Track me. Let's get it going. Let's get it up down the field a little bit. Over 27 and a half points, Nebraska minus 135. That's the play I'm taking in this. I think Nebraska is going to be able to put some points on. I think Colorado is going to put on some points. And let's see. I'm staying away from betting against Colorado. I'm going to sit back, but I hope it's a track meet. I hope there's touchdowns and call or Nebraska. Please get to 28 points. That's my play. So let's jump into another one that I'm rooting for a track meet in this Ole Miss Tulane game. This non-conference battle for Lane Kiffin and the Rebs. I like this Tulane team. I like what Michael Pratt did last weekend. Even though that game was a lot closer than what I thought it would be. I think this game could be well into the 70s. Take the over 66 and a half if you can still get it. Um, that was one that I had circled. We had talked about, you know, earlier in the week that I wanted to watch. Uh, Jackson Dart looks great. Lane Kiffin's got his quarterback. Uh, 73 to 7 win over Mercer. Nothing really to write home about because it's Mercer. But Ole Miss, they're going to have a tough test, and I, and I think the only way they win this is if they score in the 40s, and I think Tulane's capable of doing it too. So take the over. I made this line Ole Miss minus 11. I wouldn't be surprised if if they end up pulling away late just because of the talent level roster deep. You know, Ole Miss is, it should be better, but we'll see. It's still pretty early, so I'm not trying to overreact to a 73-7 win, but kind of is what it is. I think Ole Miss is the right side. Yeah, you're kind of selling me on the over here. 66, you know, Tulane had a good defense last year. They're playing at home. They're going to be up for this game. Ole Miss likes to air it out with Jackson Dart. They got a couple good receivers. Uh, they run a fast offense. I mean, we saw that when they had Reese Pumley there, uh, Matt Corral. Um, I think Michael Pratt's going to move the ball up and down the field on Ole Miss's defense. They're not anything to write home about. Um, SEC teams typically have a pretty easy time scoring on them. They do seem to to give up uh, quite amount of points. And, and I think Tulane's going to be able to hang with them and, and force that track meet. So it's not a play as a mine right now, but you're, you're really talking me into it. You led me down a wrong path last week. So I got to <laughs> be cautious with, you got me with Miami of Ohio. So I got to oh. do some research. Yeah. But it's a good salesman. This, this, I know he is a good used car salesman because now I'm kind of leaning a little bit on the over two here. Maybe <laughs> I want to jump into this game too. Way to go, Matt. Way to bring me into it. It'll be 10, this week. <laughs> It'll be 10 it's to a, seven at the half. Well, yeah, probably. Somebody, I guess somebody <laughs> fade it. So at least somebody will win this weekend. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a pass for me too, but I think you said good things. I mean, both teams, I like both their quarterbacks. It should be an up and down. I agree. I think one of the best plays in this, and the dogs are going to go crazy here in my house, 
I think it's an up and down game. I would do the over two, but it's a pass. Maybe, for me right now. maybe that's a sign that you should be on the dog here. Tulane plus seven. If they can it keep is. it close enough. Uh, okay. So another one with a super high total Oregon, Texas tech, Texas tech is the dog getting a lot of love, uh, but still that money. 82% is going on Oregon. 92% of the bets. Texas Tech, I feel like everybody on VSIN has said they like the Red Raiders. And it, I guess it's more of a letdown spot for Oregon. They win 81 to 7 over Portland State. Uh, Texas Tech lost a close game to Wyoming. I know it's hard to go up at Laramie. I just don't like what I saw out of this Texas Tech team that tells me that they're going to be able to compete with Oregon and Bo Nix at quarterback. Sell me on tech, you, Smitty. You look like you want to bet Red Raiders here, and that's probably the right spot. But I, I need you to sell me on it. Well, this was a couple. You know, when I looked at their schedule, I thought they were going to get by Wyoming. I did when, like, we were texting back and forth when they're up seventeen up, and it looked really good. That is a tough environment to play. I mean, that team does play hard. The coach is really a good coach. But I, this was the game I thought it was a tough spot for a Pac-12 team to come down to Texas Tech here. It's going to be really warm. It's a tough environment. I think they'll be really pumped up. They know they have to get this game. I just like, you know, I, I'm a Bo Nix guy. I say it all the time. Q makes fun of me. He's not a big Bo Nix guy. I do like Bo Nix. But I just think, again, when sometimes when you have teams that had a bad loss, and that was a bad loss, this is where their motivation is for the season. You're going to have the home field. They got to stop the run. They gave up way too many rushing yards. Oregon can run the ball. And again, it's tough to evaluate. Oregon's a good team, but they did play Portland State. So it's tough to see a team that threw up 80-something points and go, wow, this team's going to be electric this week too. I think it's a tough spot. I like a team with motivation losing. I'm on Texas Tech. One of my plays, I'm taking Texas Tech. I got them at plus six and a half. Q. Man, it's a huge public play. And it, it's, I think everything is telling you to take Texas Tech, like Smitty just said. And, and if you did, I, I can't fault you. But sometimes it just seems like that's too sure of the play. And, and now my gut is actually starting to lean Oregon to the point I might make a play because. Nobody expects Oregon to win in this game. And when I compare the two thought processes of like comparing Texas Tech and Oregon to the Nebraska-Colorado matchup, I look at Oregon being a tough matchup for Texas Tech. When I look at Colorado-Nebraska, Nebraska is not a good team in my opinion. So I feel good laying that public side. I don't feel good laying – well, I, I say lay – taking the six points or seven if you if you got it that number with texas tech i know they came off of a rebound spot but oregon's no slouch i'm not a huge bo nicks fan he has played his best football in oregon i believe big 12 i, I mean it's they're gonna score points texas tech has never been a defensive school even from the mike leach area on i don't know man my guts everything's telling you to take texas tech but my gut is saying you know put a bet on oregon it really is the one thing, too, in my notes really quick is I wanted to mention Texas Tech has to run the ball better. I think they had 33 carries for 93 yards. I mean, they just couldn't run the ball. Not going to cut it. 
So you got to, you yeah. got to be able to run the ball in this game a little bit. So I would say this can be a, a track me too. I think this one's going to be up and down also, but I, I just, again, I, I I'm leaning uh, Texas tech, but I, I agree with Q when you hear everybody's on a team, you're like, uh, yeah. this is, this scares me a little bit. So, but I put it in. So let's ride it. Let's go Texas tech. Well, I did put a bet in at Oregon minus six and a half minus one Oh nine. I, like it probably a little more than I should. The thing that stuck out to me most was that Oregon's defense only gave up 52 passing yards, and I get it. It's Portland State, but it's still it's <laughs> yeah. still 11 football players out there and 81 points against anybody outside of the school for the deaf and blind. I think that's impressive. That shows what their offense is capable of, and if this does become a shootout, I just think Texas Tech falls short. And Oklahoma or Oregon, they have the better quarterback, in my opinion. So I, I had to side with the Ducks. Um, let's jump into another Pac-12, uh, Big 12 matchup with Utah and Baylor. Cam Rising is back for Utah, coming off the big win over Florida. Baylor is without their starting quarterback, uh, Shapin, as he went down in a loss to Texas State. Do you have any leans in this one? We have another 89% of the money, 92% of the bets going on Utah. Yeah, I think as long as Cam Rising's uh, playing, uh, two things I'll be sure of, they're going to win, they're going to cover as one, and Cam Rising's going to be 100%. The Florida game was a big game for him. Last year he, he blew the game down at the goal line. He threw that pick. The guy wanted to play – it seemed like the coaches held him back for Big 12 play. They wouldn't have put him out there if he was anything less than 100%. I think he's 100% now. Um, if he does go down, I still have confidence in the two quarterbacks that did play against Florida. Because here's the thing. Florida's defense actually held him to some decent numbers. I get it's week one, but it, it's not like Florida gave up 600 yards. Um, so they did play a, a, an improved defense, I should say. Um They've got good experience. They play both games. I like Cam Rising. I think Utah could actually end up winning the Pac-12 with him as long as he stays healthy uh, and they get some of their guys back. Uh, is Kythe back yet? Do we know if he's back as well, the tight end? I'm not sure. But touch on what you just said is Smitty gets adjusted. We Their defense is what was so impressive. They held Florida to 13 rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, their Florida's first- got a good backfield. They're first in the country in defensive third down conversions. Uh, they Florida only converted 7.7% of the time. This is a really stout defense. I I just think Utah's the right side as public of a play as it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is a pass for me right now. But this is a, just one that you look at and you're like, wow, there's no chance. Baylor lost to Texas State last week. There's no way. Now they're starting quarterbacks out. There's no way they're going to cover, win, and it's only seven and a half. You would think it would be a and little not hot. moving. It's not and moving. not moving. Yes, you know that's that's the strange thing in this. I like the Utah team a lot. Like Hugh said, the, with the starting coming back, the starting quarterback, he's very talented, and I do agree. I think the two backups do, do a nice job. Uh, the one is kind of more balanced, a little bit can throw the ball. Then you bring the speedster guy in that can run. They have enough talent. If I had to play this game, I would say Utah for sure. But it's just a weird line to me. I think it should be higher. 
than it is. So is this Baylor team again with a bad loss? They're at home again. Are they majorly motivated? Is this game closer than we think? It's a possibility. It's a pass for me. Yeah, sure. I'm like on all the public money. So hopefully one of these cash, but I made this line Utah minus 15. Then you can take off whatever home field advantage you want to give to Baylor. I don't think there's more than probably a point and a half, two points worth, but that being said, one team that has a very good home field advantage of about 120,000 fans rocking. Probably the biggest matchup of the weekend, Texas at Alabama. Smitty, I'm going to let you start this one off. Who's winning this game? I, I like Bama. I like Bama in this one. You know, And I like Texas. I think Texas has some really good players. I think this is just a team that's not – if you look at some of their past big matchups on the road, their ATS isn't very good where Alabama is extremely good at home. I liked Bama last week. They're kind of back to being Bama. They seem like it was kind of like bully ball a little bit. Like they try to bully the team up. They got the quarterback now that can pass, can run. You're pounding the ball again, playing good defense. That's to me, Alabama football. I think it's going to be tough for Texas to go into this environment and win a game here. I think it's a, it's a good game for a while, but I think Bama, as the game goes on, they're going to tire them down in this. So I played it. I did play Bama, but I threw Bama in a three-team money line parlay. So that's my only play. I did not play this game individually. I did put a money line with uh, two other teams in a uh, money line parlay. Quentin. It's a pass for me. I want to watch it, but I do actually lean the under. Uh, I think both teams – you know, held each other last um, – it was last year. It was like 19 to 14, real real tight game. Obviously, Quinn goes down. But even when he was in there, the offense wasn't moving. I, I get Bama lost some guys. I get Texas lost, you know, guys like uh, B. John Robinson and some others. And I think Alabama's playing a different style of football. Like, they're not going to beat you with five stars. I think they're going to beat you just with a pissed-off kind of uh, go-clock-in uh, attitude like I talked about on Jeff's show. Sarkeesian, like, what do you what do you expect with, from him? You know, he Saban notoriously beats his assistants anytime they play each other. I think he's undefeated, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Sark, he doesn't win big games. I mean, look at his record. He he didn't do it at USC. You know, I, I don't want to say he's a liability, but he's a concern. Um, until he wins that big game for me, you, you kind of have to side with Bama until they prove otherwise. Now, I think the hook. Is, is definitely beneficial. I think it's going to be a close game, uh, but I actually lean the under. I think both defenses will kind of step up. It's going to be loud. They're going to feel each other out for the first half, so you're going to maybe maybe even play a first half under um, and, and go that route, but I think over under 54, I think take the under in that one. I do like the under. Uh, Texas, sixth in the country, gave up 27 rushing yards to Rice. Uh, meanwhile, Alabama – is 26th in the country in pass yards allowed at 133, which is maybe a lot for Middle Tennessee, but um, I, I don't know. I think Texas is – this is like their statement game. This is probably the game that ever since uh, week two last, last year where they lost 20 to 19, uh, they've probably had this circle. Sark really needs this win to kind of cement his uh, – his credibility as being okay, I'm going to be a big name coach and be able to lead this Texas program when nobody's really been able to do it as they continue to ask the question 
is Texas back? No, they are not. And this would be a big step in the right direction for the Longhorns. As much as I hate to root again or root for them, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have to side with the the Longhorns here. I think they can keep it tight, and I just don't think Alabama is. And I know Smitty, you said they may be the the Alabama of old, where it's just run, 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 and then hit a hit a couple of key passes. I don't know if Jalen Milrow is that guy that's going to do it. Uh, I jury's still out for me on him. I do think if Texas can keep it low scoring, I love the seven and a half that that you can get with the Longhorns. Uh, Close it out. Notre Dame, NC State. This is one that I had posted on Twitter earlier in the week. I thought this was going to move. I just saw Notre Dame's minus eight now, so it hadn't moved just a whole lot. But I took Notre Dame minus seven and a half. And, again, it's one of those seven, seven and a half point spreads where the money and bets are all on one side. And I'm sitting here looking at this NC State team wondering, okay, what did odds makers see? in Brennan Armstrong and NC State, why is this spread what it is and not a two-touchdown spread for Notre Dame? Tell me why. Tell me why NC State would be worth a bet here, if you can. It's hard to tell. Um, I I would have liked to have seen this game in maybe week five or six to really kind of see what the trajectory of both teams, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are. NC State plays really tough at home. They're, they generally have a good defense. Um, some years it's elite. Some years it's above average. Notre Dame tends to struggle in big games, uh, historically speaking. It seems like, as of, I say historically, in the last 20 years. They're on the road. Uh, so I think you got to factor in there's a little home field advantage. You know, NC State's going to play up in that game. Armstrong looked decent. Obviously, it's against UConn. It's nobody to write home about, but he's got his – his coordinator back from his 2021 breakout year, Robert and I, and he looked confident, you know, everything looked good from the passing, the running, the weapons. I don't know if they're quite there yet. we got to see if NC state's going to have anybody step up, but man, it's just so hard to, to go against Sam Hartman. He's got a revenge factor. He lost last year, but he's got such a better team this year. Notre Dame has so much better athletes than Wake Forest does on the football side of things and great running back behind him. Great offensive line. Um, I just I don't see how Notre Dame doesn't win this game by ten plus personally. I was eyeing up the under. I I was going to play this and I haven't yet. Maybe I'll jump in on this. I just think the only chance NC State has is just I kind of want to see it slow down a little bit. I want to see Armstrong kind of pound the ball a little bit from the quarterback position and run it. I agree. The only thing with Notre Dame, I love the quarterback. Hartman's a stud. Running back is top-notch. They have athletes. They're very good. My thing I want to see with Notre Dame is they played Navy. Navy's not a very good football team. They played Tennessee State, uh, not a very good football team. So what Notre Dame team is this? Are they really legit? not saying NC State's a powerhouse, too. Like Hugh said, they played UConn. That game was really tight. It was a lower-scoring game. That's why I was kind of leaning a little bit on the underplay on this. So I just think that's the only chance NC State has in this game is try to run the ball, pound the ball with Armstrong at the, uh, at the quarterback position. I think Notre Dame's going to win it. I, my play is if I jump into this is, uh, is an under. But I saw some people I really respect, they like the over in this. So maybe I'm just way off on this game. 
Uh, 79% of the money and 85% of the bets are on the over. 51, I'm not sure what it is currently. Like I said, I did this earlier in the week. But back to it, Navy and Tennessee State, they won 42-3, to 56-3. If, if Notre Dame's defense can – which I think they can. I mean, UConn kept them to 24 – or held NC State to 24 points. I, I think Notre Dame should be able to move the ball at will. Uh, but, you know, that home field advantage, how big is it going to be at a, a noon Eastern kickoff? We'll see. But we we teased it kind of last weekend. I think it may have been off air, but we're going to start doing a three-team teaser just for the sicko bet of having a seven-point teaser that the three of us will all come up with one leg. So without further, further ado, we're going to dive into that uh, segment of it. All right. So because my leg lost the one that we put together uh, off air, I'll, I'll go last. So Q tell me your leg of the part of the uh, teaser. I've got you all sports betting knowledge. Let's just get that out. <laughs> we know this is a minus EV bet. Okay. This is for sheer entertainment for the show. We're going to win more than we lose this season. That's a promise. All right. I like floor's yours. I like UTSA minus six and a half. The line's up to 13 and a half, so you get the seven points. Frank Harris looked horrible last week. That's so uncharacteristic to have three picks like that. He's got two great receivers, Cephas and the other guys um, um, losing his, his name. He's got great running back. They're going to bounce back at home, and I think they handle business pretty easily. Smitty, what's your leg? All right, I like Georgia Southern at home against UAB. Elton's bringing back a, a bunch of starters. I think overall they're a really good team. Trent Dilfer is the coach at UAB. I just still think Georgia Southern's a better team. I think it was at minus seven and a half, so you could get them down to like a half, minus a half or a pick them. So go with Georgia Southern. I think they take care of business tomorrow against UAB. And for the final leg, it is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Get it at seven and a half, eight. Bring that down to a half a point or one. I, like I've said, I just don't see how Sam Hartman and Notre Dame lose this game. I may eat my words, but uh, I'm pretty square this weekend, so we will see. I think public wins money, too. Hopefully they do it again this weekend. Anything else you guys want to cover? Yeah, I got a game that's uh, going to play tonight, actually. it's the Oh, yeah. Uh, how Kansas did we Jayhawks. forget about Kansas versus Burt Brillamer? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have it. I like I like Kansas on the money line. I mean, it's a little juice, but I also like them on the minus. Uh, I think I got a minus two and a half. Uh, it's balanced between two and a half and three and a half, so depending on the book. I like Jalen Daniels there. He started 5-0 and oh last year. Then he has the uh, the season-ending injury. Um, I've talked about Lance Leopold at nausea on notebook wagering and, and with uh, Jeff show and I get it, right? Bill Self is the legend there. Football is, is an afterthought in Kansas, but it's coming back. Leopold's kind of building a crowd in that stadium. It's it's not by any means Tuscaloosa, the Swamp, you know, Knoxville, the Big House, et cetera. But it's going to be loud there in Lawrence. The fans are kind of really stepping behind this football team. They've got something to cheer about, which they haven't done in ages. Um, no thanks to Les Miles. So I, I kind of like – 
uh, Kansas in this game, even though I know that it's the, uh, yeah, you know, Brett Bielema is going to try to ground and pound this and just make it an ugly game. I don't think that Kansas is going to let that happen because they score so much and so fast. I think it's going to throw Illinois off their game, and, and I actually think Kansas wins by a touchdown. You have anything to add to that, Smitty? No, I'm going to just enjoy it. I, I have no play on that, but I, I mean, I just can throw. dabble. Now, I oh, could dabble. So I could see this being like the perfect game to end game bet. Because if you get Illinois, you know, they force a couple three and outs for Kansas and they kick a field goal. They're up three, nothing. It's the middle of the second freaking hammer Kansas at that point. I think eventually they showed it last year in the Arkansas game. They don't, they're not afraid of a challenge. If they get down, they've got the, the tools to score in a hurry. So I think if they can put a couple touchdowns together, this Kansas should win this game. I mean, I, I don't see Illinois score more than 20. So let's get Kansas, you know, up in the thirties at least. Bring it home, boys. Bring it home. <laughs> you have anything have one else other. you're looking at? Yeah, I only have one other uh, UTSA. I mean, I already touched on them in the teaser segment. I, I think they went pretty handedly. They're they're a good team. Uh, they didn't show that last week. I think they make the corrections and, and really take care of business at home. Yeah, I got a couple I'll throw out really quick. I like Virginia Tech money line. I got it at minus 145 against Purdue. I, on another spot with Sharp Angle Syndicate, uh, last week said Fresno was going to go in there and beat Purdue. So I'm going to come right back with uh, maybe I'm just really anti-Purdue. I'm not sure, but uh, let's go Virginia Tech. I, I like that. I'm also on the UTSA. You know, I, I took them last week. I lost, but the quarterback just played really bad. Harris had three picks. I don't see that happening again. I got them minus 13 and a half. Uh, New Mexico State against Liberty. Liberty gave up some good rushing yards against Bowling Green last week. New Mexico State wants to run the ball. I got them at plus 10 and a half. I like that game. I also, with uh, with the Nebraska team points over, I went with USC over 50 and a half. This is a team that's already thrown 55 and I think 64 on twice this year. Um, they want the kid to win the Heisman. It hasn't been done since the 70s. I think they're going to throw a lot of points. You know how Stanford did get a win. It was against Hawaii. I just think USC is going to, they're going to lay some points on teams this year. So I really like that one. Uh, I did throw, I hit my teaser. I gave out with you guys last week. So I went Georgia Southern and Pitt. Pitt plays Cincinnati at home. I got Pitt down to about minus one. That's, that's a half unit I'm going to play. I like to try to do at least one teaser a week. And then that money line parlay one, I said, I went Georgia Southern, uh, Pitt, and then Alabama. For that one and that one i got at plus 150. that sounds good let's cash some tickets this weekend okay Q. we need it please all right we need it. well i almost, I almost had a, a retirement press conference <laughs> well stay with us stay with us it's only week i'm about one. to give you the speech you'll never see a capper work as hard as me you'll never <laughs> see a capper win as much as me God bless. <laughs> you know, you know, real quick, you know how it is stressful because I was like, I got to at least just get one. 
is if I if I go oh for it, they might not they might say, Smitty, we're doing the show uh Saturday morning. I'll show up and no one's here. I don't know. So I had to at least get one. I did get a couple. I was down some units. I think I did get three winners that I gave out. So it is stressful until that first one crosses the finish line. Well, every day that we lose, it's just a learning opportunity to get better for the future. That's what I'm going with. Oh, I'm like 10 that. and 9 down 0.6 units. So I'm just spinning my wheels, wasting, just churning money over here. So I, I guess it's better than losing it. All right, go cash some tickets. Teaser, we'll post it on Twitter in just a minute. So thanks for tuning in. See you next week. <laughs>